0: You need to pause, you need to relax. So it's really important that you have a good bedtime routine because you can't just like come in from a night out and you're still buzzing and then go to bed and think, right, okay, I need to sleep now. That's not gonna work because the more you think about sleep, you know, the less it's gonna happen. So you need to have some like downtime. So whether or not it's just watching TV for a little bit, try to avoid your phone looking at screens Because what happens when you start to feel tired, your brain starts to fire off melatonin, which is your sleepy hormone. If you're looking at screens, it's going to wake you up and it's going to stop the secretion of that hormone. So you need to kind of be maybe in a sort of dimly lit room, you know, watch a bit of telly, listen to a podcast or listen to some music, do some stretching or just read a book.
1: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Burn Chef Journal. A hospitality specific podcast dedicated to challenging mental health stigma and conversations designed to inspire a new, healthier, happier and more sustainable hospitality profession. The Burnt Chef Project is proudly sponsored by Lamb Weston, a leading provider of innovative, high quality potato products created for chefs to help operators thrive both today and tomorrow. Working carefully with sustainably-minded farmers and growers, Lamb Western provides potato solutions for every type of kitchen, from premium British chips and fries to potato shapes, wedges and mash. To find out more, head to lambwestern.eu or search your partner in potatoes.
2: Hello, everybody. My name is Julia, your Burnt Chef ambassador, and I'm pleased to be guest hosting a mini series for the Burnt Chef Project podcast openly discussing mental health, a brilliant hospitality sector, and an array of topics to create insightful conversations and give you maximum value. I have a brilliant lineup of guests covering everything from psychotherapy, mindfulness, diet hang-ups, all the way to spirituality. Now, did you know four out of five hospitality professionals report having experienced at least one mental health issue during their career. The Burnt Chef Project is a globally recognized not for profit social enterprise fully committed to making the hospitality profession healthier and more sustainable by focusing on people's well being first. This is why it has never been more important to be talking about our mental health and well-being. For more information on this amazing project, go to www.theburntchefproject.com. A bit about me. I'm a transformation coach, an obsessed master of self-discovery, guiding women to believe in themselves find the motivation to take action and create a life they truly believe in and are excited about. I'm also a professional chef with over 20 years in the hospitality sector, an educator, radio personality and writer. Through my own life experiences, including two divorces, domestic abuse, depression and homelessness, I learned firsthand that to make any real change in your life, you have to start from within. You can find me online at therecipeforlife.com. So I'm so excited about my podcast topic this week. It is the five pillars of vitality. And what are they? They are sleep, eat, move, think and pause and how all of these five link together to make sure that you can lead a healthy life. How can we keep as healthy as possible, but also ensure that we are looking after our mental health and well-being? And to discuss this very important topic, joining me today is Rachel Williams, although I do affectionately refer to her as Rachel Zest. Rachel Williams is an employee wellness consultant and is passionate about inspiring and supporting people to live healthier lives with straightforward wellness advice that works. Rachel's business is based on the five principles, or what she likes to call the five pillars of vitality, which are eat, sleep, move, think, and pause. Rachel is trained in CBT for insomnia, she's a mental health first aider, nutrition, personal fitness, stress management, NLP, and hypnotherapy. Rachel, welcome to the Burnt Chef Project podcast. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks
0: for inviting me. Absolute
2: pleasure. Uh, it's just amazing to have you here. And uh, I know you've actually had some experience of the hospitality sector. You have actually worked in hospitality, haven't you? I have. I was trained
0: in the hospitality
2: sector many, many moons ago. amazing so you have first-hand experience really of what it's like to be in our industry I do I do (laughs) so now I want you to tell people about your own health stories I know you do mention it on your site but I want you to actually give people a nice little nugget as to what led you to come into this area of work in particular
0: yeah it's, it's quite funny isn't it how we sort of end up doing things by accident so So roll back about 20 years, I was, I kind of working in hospitality then, but I was in event management and I was traveling all around Europe and I describe it almost as like a sort of jet set lifestyle. I was staying in lovely five star hotels, eating Michelin star restaurants and organising these big events you know if I was sort of confronted with a breakfast buffet it was like I was like a pac-man I used to like chomp my way through it
2: (laughs) well done that listen let me tell
0: you consequently I had a bit of a weight problem (laughs) so I ended up being three stone heavier than I am now which is around 23 kilos and I would say Mm -hmm. it's like the size of a suitcase that you take on holiday I used to smoke, which obviously I probably sort of got that habit from my hospitality days. And I was smoking between 20 to 40 cigarettes a day. I used to net back a bottle of wine every night, probably Chardonnay because it was 1990s. And also I never did any kind of fitness. And I think because I'd been traumatized at school by being made to throw the shot put on uh, sports day or making me do hurdles. I'm only five foot three. I'm only short. So I just crash into them and it's like, don't make me do the high jump because I'm short. <laughs> so it traumatized me with fitness. It was like, Oh no, I don't want to do that. So I got to the year 2000 and I had a, what I call my epiphany moment. And I woke up one morning in a hotel room in Barcelona. I was away on a site visit organizing a conference and I'd been out the night before. I'd had too much to drink, been drinking too much Rioja, too many Spanish cigarettes, the old Ducados. And I hadn't had much sleep. You know, I just felt rough. My mouth felt like the bottom of a budgie's cage. I <laughs> wow. describe it. And I got out of bed and I just caught my reflection in the mirror. And I just thought to myself, you're 37 and you look rubbish. And you're pale, you've got dark shadows under your eyes, you're tired, and you're on your way to burnout. And you've got three years until you're 40. And I thought to myself, right, this is it, I've got to start to look after myself. Another thing that was motivating me as well, it was seeing the way my parents were aging, you know, they were in their 60s, and they're off to the doctors the whole time and on various medications. And I just suddenly thought, I don't want to be like them. And I don't want to be going to the doctors every week when I'm in my 60s. So I thought, right, OK, 40 is a sort of pivotal time for change. I thought, right, OK, I'm going to get back to the UK and I'm going to start to look after myself. So I started eating healthily rather than dieting. I joined a gym, got myself a personal trainer and stopped drinking during the week, gave up the cigarettes. It was amazing. Within six weeks, I could see a difference with my energy, the way I felt, And it's interesting, actually, the healthy eating program I was going to do or I was doing was only 30 days. It was a 30 day program. And Mm. I've kind of never looked back. So Mm -hmm. I got fitter and healthier and took me about six to eight months. And people kept asking me about how I made my transformation. And Mm. I was kind of giving them advice all the time. And I was going to see my massage therapist and she said, I'm really proud of you. Of what you've achieved because you know I kept nagging you to get fitter and lose some weight you never listened to me but it took you two years to get there and then suddenly you changed and I now look at you and I said oh you know I feel fantastic I said you know I said so many people ask me how I did my transformation I said the amount of advice I give I should get paid for it and she goes so why don't you I said what do you mean and she goes why do not you become a personal trainer it's like what no <laughs> it's like the worst thing she said no she said you'd be really great training people who mm. are exactly like how you were you'd be great with them plus you've got your hospitality background so you know you've got a good nutritional mm. background and I think you'd be brilliant at that and I kind of went me 24 hours later I thought this is a fantastic idea mm. and then two weeks later I'd found the courses that I needed to go on <laughs> and then it was probably about a year or so later that I left my nice corporate job behind and started my own business That's so amazing. I've actually been in the health sector now for for 19 years wow um, I
2: mean can I say I'm going to interrupt you there for a second and just tell everybody because obviously this is a podcast that yes. uh, much you know like a radio show they can't see you but let me tell you let me tell you people this woman for someone who is approaching 60 have you hit the big six oh yet Rachel but no, seriously about, November. <laughs> right there you go right so you're hitting the big six oh this yes. year right she's not ashamed to say it you know mm. I always I'm a big believer in you know what how old are you I'm, I'm going to be 52 this year very proud of that and let me tell you people how incredible Rachel looks really I mean what a stunning woman you look amazing you really do you just look the absolute epitome of health I mean, you look fantastic so yeah I just did want to get that one in there
0: (laughs) well I I kind of have to walk my talk (laughs) yeah yeah. well I
2: mean ain't that the truth amen to that sister but you know I mean this is absolutely right right and 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 you really are and you really are and you're a testimony to everything that you believe in okay And, and I think that is such a crucial thing obviously I'm in the transformation business definitely from a sort of thought and and perspective and belief is so important isn't it and you believed in yourself you know you had that epiphany moment you believed in yourself and you decided, you know what, there has to be a change. And, and I think that is the thing as well, isn't it? That's the key as well to life sometimes is that there gets a point where you think I've got to do something different because yeah. clearly everything I'm
0: doing at the moment is not working. And it kind of takes sometimes It it's like when you make that change, you have to be mentally ready and it's having that reason, that big why as to why you want to do it. And, you know, when things aren't going too well with your health, it is it is having that belief and think, yeah, I can do this. I yeah. can do this. And it's what do I need to change to or tweak that's going to help me achieve my, my health goal?
2: Absolutely. I mean, you made some quite dramatic life changes, like, you know, literally overnight. But what I would say to anybody is that, yeah, even just a few yes. small tweaks, just some small steps will make a significant difference to your life in any, whether that is taking time out for yourself, whether that's meditating, journaling, having a massage, going to the gym, maybe just dropping the the alcohol like you said in the yeah. week only having a set number to drink on the weekend, giving up the smoking or cutting it down, you know, whatever it is, it's making a few small tweaks to start to see differences. Once you see the differences you see, and you start to see how you feel on the other side, then people are more motivated to carry on, isn't it?
0: Right? Yeah. And actually, one of the things is that when you're feeling good, and you maybe slip a little bit, and you kind of think, "Oh my god, I didn't realize actually how bad I felt." You know, you just have no comprehension of what good feels like. But it, it's kind of it's just work at it because it does change your life, it does transform it, and, yeah. and it's so important actually that we do look after ourselves. Absolutely. And one of my big things at the moment is is kind of motivating people to look after themselves more because the NHS is in crisis, is in meltdown. You know, if we get sick. Who's going to look after us? And I'm very much around preventing lifestyle illnesses or diseases, which are completely preventable. But it just means that we have to kind of look after ourselves more. So it's working on prevention rather than cure. You yeah, know, I bet absolutely. many of the listeners have had an experience. It's like, how long does it take to get a GP's appointment? Oh. You know? I, mean, I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, you, you you ring up the doctor because you're ill and they go, Oh, we can't fit you in for two to three weeks. Yeah. Or if you go yeah. to A and E. I've had a couple of friends over Christmas period 10 hours in AE, and one of them actually mm-hmm. nearly died or yeah. it was four hours uh, four days actually in, in one hospital or if you need to see a consultant how long is it going to take or if you need surgery how long is it going to take so it's like how can you just keep as healthy as possible so yeah. that you minimize having to have medical intervention or if you do need it there are the people around to look after you rather than people with lifestyle diseases or illnesses mm-hmm. so there's kind of it's mismanaged and it's, it's, yes. it's yeah. an absolute mess
1: yeah but absolutely. I also want me. to
0: share a couple cool. of statistics with you that I've kind of It's another thing that I'm sort of helping people sort of kind of see the light a little bit about investing in your health it's never ever too late to invest in your health but so the average life expectancy of a man is 78.6 years. And for a woman, it's 82.6 years. Now, wow. these stats come from the King's Fund and men will spend on average 20% of their life in ill health. And women, it's actually higher, it's 23%. It's kind of, it's quite sort of humbling. It's like, do you want to spend a fifth, men? Do you want to spend a fifth of your life in ill health? Women, nearly a quarter of your life in ill health. So you yeah. kind of think about Late 50s, early 60s, that's when you're going to start maybe to get ill. And it's like, how can you prevent that from happening? Not to be a part of that statistic. And our life expectancy actually was about a year or two older before the pandemic. And because of the pandemic, it's actually come down. And we're actually back to where we were 10 years ago. Yeah. So this is where I kind of really sort of eulogize about the five pillars of vitality because they are, they're kind of interwoven into your mental and your physical health.
2: Yeah absolutely and you know what let's beautifully move into that now and talk about these five pillars of vitality you know how that came to be for you how you you know realize that link between these five key areas and of course talking about the first area which is sleep but really first how did you sort of link up these five areas to make it you know to consider them the five pillars of vitality
0: Well, it's quite interesting because when I first started in health, I was a personal trainer and I realized that for people to get fit, they also needed to eat healthier. And I'm not one of these people that's like, oh, you have to eat healthy 100% of the time. I'm very much, it's the 80-20 rule, but sometimes we have to work a little bit harder, especially after Christmas, it might be (laughs)
2: 90-10. I've done don't, even talk about
0: Christmas. You know, my whole ethos is it's about being healthy, but doing it simply, but still having fun. So 20% of the time, it's like do what you like as long as it's legal. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, you know, we don't want you having to live like a Tibetan monk, and if there are any Tibetan monks listening. Uh, <laughs> <have> <laughs> a bit amazing, uh, amazing. <laughs> but it is, I kind of thought about right, right, so you've got the fitness. And then you've got the healthy eating and then the whole sort of mental health thing, stress, how you manage your stress. That was a kind of a big thing because I trained in mental health and neuro-linguistic programming or NLP mm. and cognitive behaviour therapy. That was also being a big thing as well. And then sleep kind of entered my radar screen about seven or eight years ago because I went through a period of insomnia. Actually, the only way I managed to get to sleep was reading loads of books about sleep. And I found it an absolutely fascinating subject. And I began to realise the importance of sleep. I didn't realise and actually scared myself to death thinking, oh my God, if I don't sleep properly, all these things are going to happen. And if I sleep properly, I'm going to minimise or reduce the risk of getting what I call the nasties, like heart disease, stroke, high blood pressure, type 2 diabetes and some kinds of cancer so I thought okay that's that's the four pillars and it's been the four pillars for actually quite a long time and then at the beginning of last year I, I saw an author speak she's also a radio presenter on Radio 4 a woman called Claudia Hammond and she was talking about rest and I was thinking oh my god rest can be the fifth pillar and then as the year went on, I thought, no, actually, it needs to be pause. <laughs> mm,
1: right. so, yeah. So, yeah, that's, so that's
0: where pause came from. So that's really yeah. how I got the five pillars together. Yeah, that's amazing. And and
2: yeah, I mean, how I met you, actually. So I met you through my friend Paula. She was a, yes. another one of my podcast guests. And it was really, you were talking a lot about sleep at the time when I first mm. met you, actually. Yes. And how that can make such a significant difference to Your energy levels to your life, to your day. And, you know, we know, as you know, you've, you know, you worked in hospitality and all all those wonderful, beautiful people out there, listeners today, is that sleep is a huge area for us in the terms of not enough of it, erratic sleep, late hours, early mornings, long days. It can really affect our. Ability to focus and so on. So, yeah, let's talk about sleep. Let's start with that. Let's talk about sleep because I'm really interested to learn more from you about how this can affect our mental health and well
0: being. Right. So, to me, sleep is like the number one pillar for your health. It's fundamental to everything because if you don't sleep properly, it affects the other four pillars. It will affect your mental health or what I call think. And your stress levels, you'll start to eat probably more unhealthily if you're not sleeping properly. So you're going to crave carbohydrates. I think you're forty-two percent more likely to sort of grab junk food if you're not sleeping properly. And obviously, if you're not sleeping properly, you don't have the energy to exercise. And then when I talk about pause, I mean I'll I'll touch on pause a little bit more in a moment, but you know, pause is kind of your enjoyment time. It's that time between work and sleep. And you don't want to be, you want to have some life and enjoy your life. So what happens when we sleep? Because I think people really sort of underestimate the the value of sleep. Yeah, the power of sleep. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> and some people do sort of wear a badge of honour saying, you know, I, I only slept three hours last night. Yeah. And it's like, it's not a badge of honour. It's no. so bad for your health. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's like <laughs> off. yeah i mean I, we talked about reducing what i call the nasties but there's also in there there's alzheimer's and dementia and yeah. world leaders who boast that they don't sleep or they only slept like four hours margaret thatcher ronald reagan donald trump i mean donald trump's yeah. still alive but both yeah. margaret thatcher and ronald reagan had alzheimer's or dementia when they pass away yeah. so and Donald Trump, well, jury's out on him. <laughs> you know, you're putting yourself at risk because what happens when you mm. sleep? So you go through five different stages of sleep. You're sleeping mm. in 90-minute cycles and you're going through these five different stages during these 90-minute cycles. So you have very light sleep, and then you have light sleep, deep sleep, and then REM sleep. If I left one out. Very light. Anyway, <laughs> So when we go to sleep, head touches the pillow, we have a sort of period of time that it actually sort of takes us to to go into a sort of lighter sleep and then we'll drop into this all kind of mid sleep. And then we'll go into a deep sleep And Mm. then you'll come out, you're going to sort of the lighter sleep. And then you'll go into into REM sleep, which is rapid eye movement sleep, which is kind of your dream state sleep. But you can dream through all the other bits as well. But it's kind of where Mm. your brain is kind of sorting out things. So you go through these 90-minute cycles. Predominantly at the beginning of the night, the first two cycles will have more deep sleep. And this is where your body is doing all sorts of different functions. Your brain is having a little cleanup. During the day, we get a buildup of a sticky plaque called beta amyloid and if this is led to sort of go on and uh, build up for years and years and years and we're talking decades this is where you are predominantly at risk for alzheimer's or dementia so what Mm. happens is when you're asleep fluid comes up through your spine and it cleans in between your brain cells it's like sort of shampoos them and gets rid of all this sticky plaque your immune system is being reset your blood pressure your hormones your digestive system just trying to think what they're called now I've just forgotten (laughs) Mm -hmm. there's like cells in your body which can cause cancer and aging those are getting cleaned up it's this whole sort of process cells are being repaired your muscles are being repaired so if you've been down to the gym and you've kind of really worked hard your muscles are being repaired your tissues are being Mm -hmm. repaired so it's like all these things are happening And your brain's having a bit of a tidy up. It's like doing a backup of all the things that you've experienced during the day and deciding what Mm. it's going to keep and what it's going to chuck out. And then it's going to put some things into long term memory. So that's how valuable your sleep is. So physically and mentally, we need it and it's restorative
2: yeah absolutely and, and that's it isn't it restorative I think that yeah. is the absolute yeah. key it's like an opportunity to reset and yeah. start over right you know I was going to say because obviously when you're working at a fast pace especially yeah. in our sector especially if you're a chef as well in particular yeah. or if you're you're a general manager or a maitre d or whatever it is you know you're running around you're working at this fast pace and, dah, 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 and there's always that little life outside of work as well where they all go out afterwards and everyone's in this high energy state when you get a home how can you say prepare yourself for a
0: decent night's sleep you need to pause you need to relax so it's really important that you have a good bedtime routine because you can't just like come in from a night out and you're still buzzing and then go to bed and think right okay I need to sleep now that's not going to work Because the more you think about sleep, you know, the less it's going to happen. So you need to have some like downtime. So whether or not it's just watching TV for a little bit, try to avoid your phone, but looking at screens, because what happens when you start to feel tired, your brain starts to fire off melatonin, which is your sleepy hormone if you're looking at screens, it's going to wake you up and it's going to stop the secretion of that hormone. So you need to kind Mm -hmm. of be maybe in a sort of dimly lit room, you know, watch a bit of telly, listen to a podcast or listen to some music, do some stretching or just read a book. Mm -hmm. You can read Kindles as long as the screen's turned down or any other e-reader. But it is important to relax or, you know, it's maybe where you have a shower or a bath and it's just relax down for bedtime because... You think about your body's got to kind of go through these different stages to be able to get into deep sleep and deep sleep is only a 20% of your night's sleep. So you kind of Mm -hmm. just need to relax so your body can perform that function or else you're not going to get enough deep sleep, which means that all those lovely things that happen aren't going to happen
2: yeah absolutely I mean one of the one I think advice a uh, bits of advice that I like to give as well is the brain dump so I always say yeah try try to step away from the tv step away from your phone at least an hour before yes. you go to sleep please by all means out there there are many 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 studies and many books as well about sleep about valuable so how valuable sleep is as Rachel says and you can go ahead and read those and, and a lot of them will say to you you know for about the hour before you're going to bed yes. is yes definitely dimly lit room relax calm yourself meditation is always amazing and I always advise that as well the brain dump is a good one where you can journal so instead of ruminating over thoughts going on in your head or things happening in your life maybe things happened in the kitchen maybe things happened elsewhere and instead of just going to sleep on those thoughts it's best to put them down in a book in a journal on a piece of paper fold it up, release it out there, let it go and go to sleep without those thoughts in your head. So definitely in preparation for sleep, it is actually important to try to adopt some kind of little routine or little ritual. In order to give yourself that opportunity to calm down. And even a nice herbal tea, a chamomile, or something like that as well, even burning a bit of incense, a little bit of a lavender
0: spray on your pillow, all of these can can yeah. help, you
2: know, can help along, you know, whether Absolutely. they
0: are yeah, and and actually writing down three things that you were grateful for the day. Absolutely. I do before bedtime every night. So you your your brain's kind of working on something positive. That's right, 100%. When I say watch TV, it's like watch something relaxing or funny, but something yeah yes, it's a choice, <laughs> like, it?
2: it's a choice. <laughs> if you're watching a, a big action packed or or a thriller or or something a murder mystery or something <laughs> a real life story that's uh, that's quite upsetting it's not going to be good for your mental health so no, exactly. best to do it, absolutely something comical something relaxing something gentle and calming uplifting yeah. is really nice but also yeah absolutely gratitude gratitude is so key and you know whether you either write it down or you just say it in a prayer or before you go to bed, just say three things you're grateful for. And then, you know, at least it puts you on a nice positive element before you go to sleep. Absolutely. So now let's talk about eating. Let's talk about that. Oh my gosh, we are. I mean, obviously I've been fast hospitality. My life is food. (laughs) Tell me about
0: eating, Rachel. (laughs) Well, I I like eating too. (laughs) I like cooking and i like yeah. going back to nice restaurants so i think the most important thing is with any kind of when i say diet i'm not meaning losing weight diet but eating so it's important that you're eating healthy proteins chefs will know meat fish shellfish eggs nuts seeds Dairy and non-dairy. So you know, if you're a vegetarian or vegan, then obviously your your choices are going to be fewer. But you can still have really great nutritional food. And then, of course, lots of vegetables and fruit. And I would say to people, don't eat more than three pieces of fruit a day, because if you're like eating a smoothie that's packed full of like a whole punnet of strawberries and blueberries, you know, you can cram a lot in the blender. It's not actually going to be particularly good for you. So focus on the veggies. And just kind of make sure that's what you're doing five days a week two days a week do what you what you want to do but try and avoid yeah. junk food because junk food is not good for us i know it's convenient but it does have a detrimental effect on our health there's no nutrition mm-hmm. in it and it's very addictive and food manufacturers yeah. really don't have a vested interest in that. in our health. They just want us to buy more stuff, and we get hooked into the flavors or the salt or you know whatever, just to make it. And the kind of recipes they do, I think it, it. There's this formula of two parts carb to one part fat, and if you kind of think about you know whether it's it's a cake or it's ice cream mm. or whether it's fries or you know whatever. That is kind of like the magic thing that our brains get hooked into. And then we kind of want to have this dopamine fix. So it is focus on your diet. Chefs know how to cook, <laughs> so absolutely. It's like, you know, I think,
2: people- I think yeah. I mean, I think the problem we have is that what happens is is that we're the we're like the last in the pecking order, you see, because yeah. we're so used to cooking for everybody else yeah. and running around and preparing the food and making sure that it's absolutely beautiful, amazing, and all the rest. And then by the end of the evening, when it comes to ourselves, this is where we falter. I guess in some yeah. ways, this is where we we neglect ourselves. We will go and just pick nibble. Or just mm. grab something quick because we've spent all day,
0: all evening Absolutely. cooking for others. Yeah. I mean, I think staff meals, especially when I was in the hospitality industry, was a big issue. You used to have all mm. the crud, basically, or it was something cheap. So, you know, mm. if you're responsible for staff meals, try and make them healthier and tastier. You know, healthy doesn't necessarily mean that it's devoid of taste. And then at home, you know, it, it's always have things like sort of eggs or cheese in the fridge or pouches or cans of pulses, cans of tomatoes, veg that's not going to go off quickly. So, for example, you know, I had some veg delivered a couple of weeks ago of some parsnips and some carrots. I've just kept them in the fridge. They're still, yeah. they have all soft and rubbery. I mean, they're still okay. And I've still got a cauliflower yeah. that's okay. I've still got cabbages that's okay. So just make sure that you've got, you know, a bit of fruit and you've mm. got some vegetables that you can always sort of knock something up. So I know that mm. I can, you know, if I've got eggs, I can do poached eggs, scrambled eggs, or any kind of eggs, or something with cheese. If feta is great, mm. you can stick it in a salad, you can bake it in the oven, you can do roasted veggies, you know,
1: yeah.
0: all sorts of different things that you can do quite quickly.
1: If you're enjoying this week's episode, consider heading over to our website and supporting our ongoing work in destigmatizing mental illness and creating a healthier, happier, and more sustainable industry by purchasing some of our branded merchandise. We have a whole range of t-shirts, hoodies, chef's jackets, well-being journals, plus a whole host more available on Worldwide Dispatch. All funds raised from sales of these items go towards free-to-access e-learning content, as well as providing free support systems and help for those who may be experiencing difficulty with their mental health.
2: I think it's also isn't it the regularity,
0: isn't it, of yeah. eating and not allowing yourself to crash and burn? Right? Yeah, exactly. It requires it does require planning and being organised. And I think once you've made a habit of sort of doing that and thinking, okay, what shifts am I working this week, and what am I going to eat, and when am I going to eat it, and is it mm. something I can take with me to work? It, or is it uh, because the staff meals aren't that good or am I going to just make something quickly when I get home or is it something that's mm. pre-prepared that's left over from the meal the other day I can s- stick in a microwave or heat yeah. up it's like I was like busy yesterday and I had some bit of soup left over for supper and I had some cheese and apple and that was fine for me I didn't mm. need anything else Also, we tend to overeat. We tend to eat more than we actually need. We're like eating 50% more than we did in the 1970s. So we can kind of rein it in a bit. And with the cost of living crisis, it's like, you don't need to eat as much as you think you do. But, it but it's has- recognising that, isn't it? It's recognising when you're full up. I
2: mean, this is advice that I think is so important for anyone is that you don't have to go on a special fad diet. So right. forget all those. Sorry, you know, I'm not, I don't believe in any of them, that, that yep. ketogenics, this, that, that, and this, you know, no disrespect to anybody that's followed that. And, and and for some that can have considerable health benefits. And I appreciate that. But I think what it is, is is that is rather than putting undue pressure pressure on yourself oh I've got to go on this new diet I've got to do this I've got to do that I've got to count my points I've got to do this I've got to do that no you know count my calories blah 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 no no because even when you're counting calories, it's the quality of the yes. calories you're taking in rather than the quantity. Yes. And so really, I think it's it's making sure that you're eating a, a rainbow. And, and that doesn't mean Skittles. It means <laughs> eating a nice rainbow. I <laughs> get that one in there. But eating a rainbow, you know, colorful yeah. uh, vegetables. So, you know, following that Mediterranean diet, colorful fruits, vegetables, grains, pulses, having that balanced diet, you know, lots of whole grains. And really, yeah, really, I think the keys are if you wanted to make any significant diet change, it would just simply I would I would simply say cut out the refined sugar and the refined stuff if you cut out some of that and just focus on eating whole foods whole grains plant foods then actually to be honest with you you're on to a winner anyway i mean it's interesting with the hospitality sector because we've got polar opposites anyway we've got the one side where we've got some of us that you know might eat too much we eat or we, we have very poor diets and then some of us who are absolute health freaks health for because that's quite a big thing in that sector as well with chefs all going to the gym and working out and yeah. you know all of that as well so yes yeah, so, i mean you know it is interesting and i think if certainly if you're someone who's listening and does follow a really healthy diet then be a buddy to someone who maybe is struggling, be a friend to them. Help them out. Give guidance. Give advice. Help your team. Help your team to eat better. If you find that maybe in your team people aren't making the best choices for themselves, because when we don't eat right, what happens, Rachel? When we don't eat right, it affects our
0: well-being, mental, being, yes, mental no, health, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, right. house, and we don't want to get sick. So it is more about yeah. prevention than cure, and. Food is medicine, you know, so if you're eating the right food, you're just going to be feel so much better. You're going to have more energy. And, you know, especially when you're going to be working long shifts,
2: you want to have energy absolutely absolutely you want energy and that and like you said you absolutely made that crucial point food is medicine and that is an old historical you know ancient ethos that was adopted I think by was it Socrates or, or Plato or yeah, yeah yeah right so so you know food is medicine and when you look at food in that way I think even just having that switch in your brain in your mind it can change your whole perspective on how you look at what you need to eat or yeah what you want I mean to
0: eat yeah you are what you eat basically absolutely and that's how your body regenerates cells from what you feed it (laughs) yeah absolutely
2: 100%, 100%. And, and, and I, totally and I think that moves us nicely into movement so so the last year because you're you've got obviously sleep and eat I think people can you know sort of relate to that quite a lot but the movement the thinking the pausing I love that I love the fact that you've got these in there in your pillars so tell us tell us about
0: move about moving yes moving well Moving's a better word than fitness because I think people yeah. who are like how I was, you know, the word fitness just freaks you out, and it's like, oh god, I've got to go down the gym and. Blah. So if you're on your feet all day, you are moving, but you need to kind of have a balance where you are working the whole of your body. So it's like whatever works for you. And, you know, I used to think, well, I don't want to go to the gym because, you know, taking an hour out, you know, I've got to drive there and shower and bloody bloody blah. blah. So I used to kind of like go, I don't want to do that. But I discovered HIT workouts where I can do a workout in 10, 15 minutes. I can do it at home. I have to have to sort of step foot in, in a gym. There's plenty of stuff that's free, so you don't have to pay for it on YouTube. Love him or hate him. Joe Wicks, I think, is brilliant. And yep, there's like definitely. loads and loads of stuff out there on his YouTube channel. And you know, mm-hmm. keep playlists so that you can actually sort of save a workout and think, oh, I really enjoyed that, it was really great. Or, you know, things like yoga. There's yoga with Adrienne or yoga with Cassandra. She's a woman based in Canada. I follow her stuff. Again, short workouts. Yoga is so good for you. Or even if you're like just walking or you're dancing, it's just do something that is going to help your physical health because it is so important. And as I said, you don't have to do it for that long. And it's important, you know, as we get older, you know, when you're in your 20s, you kind of think, meh, I'm invincible, you know, nothing's going to happen to me. But I think as you get older, maybe you get married and you have kids, then you kind of start to realise actually you need to be around for your children to look after them and bring them up. It's like, well, as you get older and then, you know, at the age of 40, your muscle mass starts to decrease. So it's like, well, how can you keep that going? How yeah. can you make sure that <laughs> as you get older, you know, as the muscles of slacken off a bit, that you're not going to have falls? Things like mm. exercising your feet. There's like oh, I think it was about 39 muscles in the feet and just making sure that your ankle joints are stable and your hips are stable. Your knees are mm. stable. And that is to do with doing exercise mm. so that. You Absolutely. Are the risk of all the nasties as you get older I mean be frank we're all going to die at some point but if you can keep those healthy years going as long as possible and that is investment mm. when you are healthy to make sure that you are going into those sort of like 50s mm. 60s 70s 80s just being as healthy as mm. possible you know you don't know genetically what you've got stored up but at least it's going to be a help that if you are healthier and there's four things that I sort of talk about in terms of exercise. So sweat, stretch,
2: Sweat, stretch. That's so good. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, I think investing in your mobility is actually really, really key, right? So I think investing in your mobility because that is it, isn't it? It's as you get older. So you may not notice it now and, and you're right. You know, when you're younger, you think, oh yeah, I'm cool. I'm invincible. Da, da, da There is that build up. It's a slow progress and suddenly pow, it hits you. It comes yeah. up from behind and you just think, what? where did that come from? You know, oh my God, when did I get to 50? You know, yeah. when did I get to not being able to even stretch my arms out anymore, wave my arms out in the air or whatever it was. You know, when did that happen to me? And actually, you know, look, when we work in the industry that we're in and, and, and you know, that, that I'm in and, and when we're, you know, in a kitchen and you're hot and, you, and you're sweating, you know, you sweat. boy, are you sweating? You know, you're sweating, you're, you're running around, you're burning, you're burning calories, you're burning energy. But actually really what, you know, I think Rachel was trying to say as well is that we want to be moving outside of that as well. So outside yes. of your usual job, yeah, yes. you want to be sort of doing something a little extra because in a way it's a beautiful way for having downtime for yourself as well. It's it's, it's giving yourself some time, isn't it?
0: Yeah. 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 And, and it's important that you raise your heart rate. And you know, when you're sweating in a kitchen, it's because you're working, you're working over hot stoves. It's not generated by your own kind of body heat doing exercise. Mm. So it is so important that you do some kind of exercise, but it doesn't actually have to be for that long. You know, if you're just doing like 15 minutes, a few days a week, that's a start. And I say to people, if you're not doing anything, do something. And if you're doing something, how can you improve it? So example for me was, I'm reasonably fit. I haven't been like a, a massive gym bunny and I do my hip workouts and I do my yoga. And I was way down in Cornwall and I did some yoga classes and I thought, oh my God, I'm not as flexible as I used to be. And I thought, right, I need help. And this is Mm -hmm. one of the things It's like, maybe you can't do it by yourself. You need help. Maybe you need a book. Maybe I need to be motivated by somebody else. So I thought, right, okay, what can I do? I'll join a yoga class. But actually what happened in the end, my husband and I decided to get a personal trainer. And in the, well, we've been doing it since mid-October. And in those sort of few months that we've been doing it, oh, my God, our fitness levels have increased tenfold. Just feel so much better, so much stronger, more flexible. I've got back into my running again and I just feel fantastic. And also a bit Mm -hmm. of a motivation for me is like, you know, I'll be 60 in November that I want to be the healthiest version of me I can. Yeah. going into that sort of into my next decade so it is a massive investment for me but it's yeah. kind of recognizing and thinking Ooh, what do I what does my body need what do I need to yeah. do to make it feel better yeah, and that is it, isn't it? It's it's that listening to yourself, listening
2: to your body. Don't go suddenly deciding. And, and obviously it's that sort of time of year, isn't it, where after people have had excessive eating, or when they when they've sort of had something, have to say either whether it's the summer holidays, Christmas, or whatever it is that suddenly people pledge or the lead up to the summer holiday. Oh, get that bikini body, or oh my God, work off that Christmas weight, or uh, and it's all in your face. It's thrust at you, and oh, fitness, 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 and and you feel under a lot of pressure, a lot of overwhelm. But listen. To yourself listen to your body listen to what your body needs and if you feel that you know you want to get up and you want to just do a stretch do that go out for a walk fantastic go out and walk in nature you know run great go ahead but do what works for you what works for your body right now and just you know work on that edge work just work on that edge is what a lot of trainers say. I think is isn't it they work yeah. on that edge yeah just true. on that edge right and being just on that edge of pushing yourself a little bit yeah. and that's the important thing that we've got to talk about thinking and pausing we've got to talk about that because we you know I want to hear all about your last two pillars Rachel so tell me
0: about (laughs) right well let's do think so think I I wanted to kind of give this sort of pillar you know I've called it resilience in the past be more resilient and it Mm. it kind of just didn't sit well with me because or else it's stress and it's like well the other ones it, it just doesn't fit you know I was thinking well eat move sleep and then it's like Stress. (laughs) So I came up with a thing because that does encompass mental health and, and stress management. And it's like, well, just getting people to understand that we all have stress. We just have to manage it. We don't kind of reduce our stress. We learn to manage it. But I think the most important thing when you're looking at mental health and stress is you have to look at the cause. It's like, what is making you feel like this? What is causing your anxiety? And it may take somebody else to help you go on that journey. But it's very important to recognize when you're kind of, I say, going over the edge a little bit you've got sort of different types of stress or, or sorry, the the signs of stress. So it could be behavioral. So this is where we reach for the bottle of wine or we overeat, or it could be a physical symptom or it could be a mental symptom. For me, what happens to me when I'm kind of going into overwhelm, I keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. And then suddenly, bam, I get exhaustion. And it's like my energy just drops off the edge of the cliff and I'm like, can't do anymore. I get very emotional as well, so I kind of I call it my emotional tiredness, and that is my big sign to actually stop. Yeah, and go right. Okay, what do I need to do? It might be just taking a few minutes out, or it is literally stopping what I'm doing. I'm just like leaving it, or is it kind of looking at what is stressing me out and thinking, okay? And I'm sure Paula may have mentioned this on her podcast. It's kind of looking at the things that are stressing you out and then looking at what you can control, what you can influence, what's beyond your control. With the first two, you can kind of create a bit of an action list and think, okay, what's going to make me feel better and help me kind of get on top of this stress and help me manage it a lot better. And the stuff that's beyond my control, I just have to let it go or I have to reframe the way I think about it else it's just going to eat me you know, mind away because I'm just going to be obsessing about it it is important that we just recognize what's all going on and and understanding that yes we do need a little bit of stress because cortisol kind of gets us up in the morning it takes over from our sleepy hormone so if we've got adrenaline and and cortisol that kind of gets us out of bed you know if we're motivated to do something that's when our sort of stress chemicals are sort of like firing us off up a bit you know helps us achieve Mm. stuff but once you kind of go over that achievement and it's starting to sort of like flood your body with all these chemicals and then you start to get the signs of stress then you really need to sort of take a step back and look after yourself
2: yeah absolutely it's recognizing that isn't it when it's when it's no longer enjoyable a bit like gambling you might have a, a one little um high the one will win but then when it all starts to go a bit pear shaped and it's no longer becoming a uh, fun it's no longer enjoyable it's learning to be aware of that and stop and step away and take that time out for yourself i mean yeah. kids are really great at doing this aren't they young kids i mean they're brilliant they'll have a tantrum they'll throw <laughs> all their toys out they'll throw themselves down on the floor and then suddenly within 5 minutes they're asleep or they yeah. <laughs> you know or they have a Good cry, or they let it out. And and it's really important to actually recognize that. You know, if you're feeling safe, you're boiling up, you're feeling angry, step away, you know, get outside, step away, go scream in a pillow, go run to the end of the street or top of a mountain or wherever, somewhere safe, somewhere safe. Find a safe space for yourself and just let it out and have a good cry, have a good scream release it out of yourself because even getting angry is a sign in your body that something needs to come out you need to
0: release your pent up frustrations my sort of first aid kit for stress is when you kind of recognize you're like that it is take yourself out of the environment whether yeah. it's going into another room or go outside whatever and breathe because we're shallow breathing when we're stressed so belly breathe breathe from your diaphragm or your belly and just get some air into your lungs and just sort of kind yeah. of you know, nice, slow breath. you know, if you have to sort of like stretch your arms out, let's kind of do it as well. So that is kind of like the most important thing that you can do is just start to breathe. And it is like, you know, you kind of go count to 10, but it's actually nice slow breaths belly breaths and it is changing your physiology so whether it's moving around going out for a walk or you know whatever but just remove yourself from that situation yeah i like that that's i think
2: that's really great so there you go first aid kit for stress remove yourself from the situation from the environment that's causing the stress adopt that belly breathing, breathe in, breathe in, nice, slow breath in right through to the belly, the chest, and then breathe out, slowly breathe out. And then You know, it's all about changing your physiology. So, yeah, going out for a walk, taking that walk just to, you know, get away from the situation is so important. And, you know, we can all do this. Don't ever, ever feel that you are bound to stay in that space because of obligation or because you're worried about what someone else is going to think. You know, tell the manager, tell the boss, speak to a colleague and just say, look, I'm going to have to step away from here. Um, I need some time out and take that time. Time out for yourself whether it's five minutes ten minutes half an hour whatever it is that you need take the time out because otherwise it's just going to linger onto you and then all it does is it then carries over and you carry that with you and we do and we carry in our shoulders our neck our head our bodies and yes it it can have long-term effects for us so yeah that first aid kit for stress I like that that is amazing so then I think that leads us
0: beautifully into your pause yes Just to just just go back, I just suddenly remember that I should tell you about a breathing technique. It's called four, seven, eight. Oh,
2: brilliant! Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Let's do that. Let's do that.
0: So so it's breathe in for the count of four, hold for seven, and breathe out for a count of eight. And do about that about three or four times. And you're breathing in through your nose, and you can breathe out through your mouth. We can breathe out through your nose, but it's a really calming breath. It kind of gets your Brain from sympathetic nervous system into parasympathetic nervous system, which is your calming nervous system. Right, I love that. So let's talk about pause. Yes. <laughs> so as I said at the beginning, that originally I was going to have rest as as this pillar, and sort of in the spring I had to take some time out because I had some minor surgery i was kind of feeling a bit sorry for myself and i was sort of mulling over this this whole thing that was thinking well i'm actually taking out time to pause and then i was thinking about oh what what does pause mean and it's like well it could be resetting refreshing it's kind of all like what i call the rewords and I was sitting there in bed, <laughs> like scribbling out all these, like, oh, my God, what are all the, like, the rewords, recharge, and, you know, all sorts of, of different things. And you can do pause for a, a few seconds, you know, if or if you want to, like, do the breathe, the breathing thing, if you're stressed, yes. it is a form of pause. You could do it for a few minutes. You could do it for a few hours. I pause for a few weeks in the end. It's kind of thinking about, you know, what does your brain and your body need? But also pause is quite a broad subject because it's like it is that thing that you do between work and sleep. It is a form of rest. The rest is a part of pause. But pausing and doing something like a, a hobby or an interest so for example I like painting and drawing so that's a form of my pause it it helps me switch off it's a a meditative type of thing that so I I lose myself in that or I love languages and I'm learning Spanish on the app called Duolingo and it's like every day for five minutes I have to do it It is actually a bit of an addiction (laughs) it's a great addiction because I'm learning something useful it just helps me switch off and actually when I was sort of recovering after surgery that it was like Ashley do you know what this is meditation for me doing geolingo it just helped me just get out everything and I was just like sucked into sort of like Spanish Mm. so pausing or you could pause something so for example if you're pausing alcohol for 30 days you're doing dry january or something like that so mm. so pauses all sorts of different things it's kind of like other things but it means quite a lot yeah, um, so absolutely. so it could be you know where you're just taking time out to reassess your life or you're doing your goals or you're sort of looking at your habits for for the year things you want to change it's working kind of on you so that's really what pause is all about and it's having that downtime as well so you could use pause as being that bit between coming home from work or being out with everybody after work and then before bedtime that's a form of pause
2: so it's not sleeping (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, and that's so important, isn't it, to differentiate between that and that, because yes. you're right. It's about taking ourselves away from the usual humdrum of life, of what's gone on, what's happened. And know people, you can't use Christmas or any of those sort of holiday times to do that as well. I'll, I'm going to say that. OK, we'll be quite strict about that, just in the sense that, yes, if you're taking an actual holiday break, deliberate holiday break for yourself and and really genuinely Pausing, you know, because the thing is with those sorts of type things is that you're still on it because you're running around, you're cooking dinner, you're seeing your family, your friends. Da, 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 da. This is about actually working on yourself. This is about yes. taking down time, taking time out for you. Okay. Yes. Because you matter, right? You matter. And that's what I'm always saying you matter. And then therefore, you take time out for you. So, yes, practicing breathing technique, but pausing for as long as you need. Now, it could be, yes like you said pausing away from alcohol for 30 days or it could be pausing from social media they're amazing triggers aren't they I mean they yeah. really are ridiculous triggers so like you know pausing away from Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and blah blah and whatever else and TikTok and I don't know whatever else social media is out there these days pausing from those without feeling guilt there's no shame and no guilt here please and and I think it's so important to put that out there as well no shame no guilt you are allowed to take that time off you are you do not have to justify it to anybody you don't have to feel guilty about it you don't have to tell anybody you know have to approve anything to anybody this is about you because and I like what you said about the hobby or interest in fact this is actually a form of mindfulness so it? it is and when we pause and when we step away what we do is you know you can go and do something like say wash the dishes right so wash the dishes or just sit and and eat an apple focus on on eating that apple or that orange, the textures and the flavors and, mm. and the, the whole process of peeling it or, you know, uh, breaking it apart, cutting it up. Just embrace and enjoy that moment when you're washing the dishes, the hot soapy water, the dishes, getting the dirt off the dishes, you know, putting the dishes on the dish rack, rinsing them off, getting them on the dish rack, drying them off. That again is a great way to pause. So if you feel like you can't sit on your own, Because that, again, is a good pause, the meditation or just sitting still, being still. And if you struggle with that, if you find that hard to be still, then do something like a hobby, like learning a language, reading a passage from a book, taking some time out, washing the dishes, whatever it is, do something to help yourself to Get away from what's going on in your life, because actually, when you do take the pause and you do have that moment, that's when you have your biggest insights. That's when you get your aha
0: moments. Right. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of measure my time off on the amount of books that I can read.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Great. Great. You learn something. Right. Yeah. (laughs) You know, because
0: I just love it. I just love to read, you know, whether it's fiction or nonfiction or whether it's learning more about health and stuff like that. I just love to be able to just sit and immerse myself in a book.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think reading, whatever it is, and actually, you know, personal de- development, growth books are amazing, uplifting books, inspirational books, biographies, that kind of stuff, lovely uplifting stories. I think they really help to boost our morale and make us feel better. And actually, yeah, reading is just such a powerful thing, because your mind is expanding, isn't it? Your mind yeah. is expanding. Yeah. Now, it's amazing. Rachel, you have been absolutely amazing. I think you've given us so many little nuggets of information beautiful tips and guidance on how to adopt a better more vitality driven life so tell everyone where they can find you okay
0: so my business is called zest lifestyle my website is zestlifestyle.com and my email is rachel at zestlifestyle.com you can follow me on Instagram at Zest underscore Lifestyle, or you'll find me on LinkedIn. So we're going to put the link up, but you might find me as Zesty Lady rather than Rachel Williams. Zesty <laughs> yeah, Lady, that's right. Yeah. She's my lady. So <laughs> me. what I am doing is putting out health tips on social most days, following the five pillars. So you can get lots of free advice there or be inspired to do something. Also, what we do at like Zest Lifestyle, we do talks, so what I call live sessions. So they could be either online or on site. And we do have an employee hub, but we're actually just changing that to an app. We're just building an app at the moment, which covers the five pillars and yeah that's what we do
2: (laughs) amazing that's absolutely beautiful Rachel thank you so so much for being my guest being here and to all of you wonderful listeners I'm going to leave you with a little message today I'm actually going to leave you with the serenity prayer as I think it's really quite it goes really beautifully well with today's podcast and that is please God or universe divine being whoever you want to pray to grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change to have the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference thank you so much everybody and I shall see you again soon